the Arena Football Hall of Fame has returned, and we want you to become a part of the family. Introducing the Arena Football Hall of Fame Patreon. Whether an all-star or a Hall of Famer, our reasonably priced tiers each have their own exclusive perks. Early access to the AFL Rewind podcast, honorary selection committee member, and much more. Help us build a Hall of Fame we'll all be proud of. Head to patreon.com slash AF Hall of Fame to join. Welcome to AFL Rewind, a look back at all things arena football, sponsored by Phenom Elite. I'm your host, Tim Capper. When it comes to players who come to the Arena Football League, they're usually trying to do one thing, really. You know, they're either trying to improve their skills, uh, make a name for themselves in the AFL and and possibly become a star and, and continue to play here for years on end, or just to get enough film on their gameplay, just enough to impress the different scouts from another league, whether it be the, the Canadian Football League, the NFL, or another. Well, the gentleman that we're going to be speaking with this episode actually did the opposite. After making a name for himself in the Canadian Football League, he came to the AFL and had quite a career. So we're going to be speaking with a gentleman who played for probably one of the best-named teams in pro football, the Minnesota Fighting Pike. This episode, it's quarterback Ricky Foggy. Well, with this episode of the, the podcast, we're going to be obviously continuing with trying to find out some more about these players that made the name for themselves in the Arena Football League and became, you know, what, what became, every, every uh, uh, what really became uh, names that people did remember, no matter what city that they played in. Uh, with us this episode is a gentleman who not only made him name for himself in his early football career in the CFL, but also specifically in the Arena Football League, former quarterback, it is Ricky Foggy. Ricky, hey, thanks for joining us, man. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's my pleasure. Well, I mean, we know that you made a name for yourself originally uh, before you came into this into the Arena Football League in the um, in the CFL. But I think I want to at least ask you the question. Um, you know, before your career started off in in BC back in the late '80s, uh, what got you into football, Ricky? Well, I think the pretty simple answer is just being the the baby of nine kids, mm-hmm. and uh, both my parents had to work, of course, to raise all those kids, and so uh, they put me into every sport that was available at that time. Okay. And so, uh, no, I was only was football. I played uh, baseball, basketball, and I ran track. So, uh, but football. Once I started playing the quarterback position, I noticed that all the girls started to like me, like me a little bit more. <laughs> so I, so I stuck with it. Okay. Did did at any point? I mean, did you? As you said, you chose football over everything else. Uh, of the other, uh, of the other sports that you did, uh, were you good at all of them, or were you just okay at some of them? Do you, do you think at one point you could have, besides football, chosen one over the other? Oh, yeah. I was actually, I was not to brag about myself or anything, but I was all state and all four sports. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so I was I was pretty good. But uh, basketball was probably the, the one that I loved the most. Uh, but football offered me 
uh, scholarship to a Division One school, so I didn't have a choice. Okay. Okay. Um, for your pro career, obviously you started off with the BC Lions in the CFL in 98, and you played through, even with the, the U.S. expansion that was done uh, in the late 90s, and your, your last uh, team at that point was the Memphis Mad Dogs. Um, mm-hmm. what, um, well, how, how is your, how would you, you say your, your time was in the CFL up to that point? I mean, it's, as I said, you are a very well-known name in the CFL. If you say Ricky Foggy in Regina or in Montreal or in, or in Vancouver, they'll know your name. Um, up to that point, what, how did you feel about your, your football career? Oh, I, th- I thought it was great. Um, just the experiences of, uh, the coaches that coached me, you know, uh, Adam Rita, mm-hmm. uh, being one of them. Um, and I thought the game really suited me, you know, being a black quarterback coming from out of, you know, college in the mid to late eighties. Uh, it really wasn't approached to play the position in, in the NFL. Right. And so it, it definitely gave me another avenue where I could, you know, continue playing quarterback. So that was, you know, it was great for me and being a, runner slash passer coming out of college um coming to play on that big field oh i was loving it and so no i was uh i was fortunate to be on some really good teams uh in 88 we actually went to the great cup with matt donegan at the ham mm-hmm. and uh and 91 we actually went to the, the great cup and won that one and then in, we got from Toronto, we got traded. Okay. A um, bunch of guys got traded from Toronto to Edmonton in 93. And we actually ended up winning the Great Cup there also. So, um, very fun memories. Uh, a lot of friends that I'm, I'm still in contact with today. And so, uh, CFL was great for me. No complaints at all. From 95 to 96, 96 is where your career uh, in the Arena Football League started. And what many would say, Ricky, is probably one of the best football names ever, the Minnesota Fighting Pike. Um, how did, first of all, what led to your you leaving? The, uh, I mean, you were with Memphis in 95. What led you to joining uh, the Memphis Fighting Pike in 96? Sorry, the Minnesota Fighting Pike in, in 96. I was approached by uh, my brother-in-law at the time. Um, he was going to try out for the team. He had played some uh, has some experience playing in the CFL also. Okay. And just the fact that they were going to have a team, you know, where I was, you know, where I went to school and uh, where I had my home at still at the time. Um, I didn't know a, a whole lot about arena football mm-hmm. uh, at that point, but. Uh, you know, they offered me some pretty, pretty good American cash right. to uh, to play. So, uh, so I jumped on it, and and I'm very happy that I did. And uh, that team was, like you say, the name was great, but uh, <laughs> ownership was a little sketchy. Okay. And uh, so, you know, and it only lasted one year, but we had fun. We had uh, had some great teammates. Um, and no, I'm and I'm glad I was introduced to to playing arena football at that point. If I may ask, because you, you you sort of mentioned it and you hinted at it, 
and you don't have to give me what the actual amount is, but I mean, when you say a, a, a nice, decent amount, and it being 1996, you're coming, you're coming from the CFL. Can you give a range of what what they offered you? Yeah, I was uh, in American dollars, it was like sixty five thousand. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. And uh, but I didn't get to get all of it. We, uh, like I said, our ownership was a little sketchy. Right. And uh, our last couple of checks didn't go through. But okay. uh, it was fun. It was fun. How was it being coached by Ray Yock? You know what? I I knew I had a new Ray from uh, Coach Yock from the CFL, mm-hmm. and uh, and he was pretty laid back. Uh, it was we had a really good experience with uh, with Coach Yock, and uh, and you know I was probably one of the older older guys on the team, so he gave me a lot of leeway, you know, with the offense and right. let me call my own plays pretty much. Okay, but uh, no had a Great experience with Coach Yock, and uh, while he, you know, while we had our short time together, it was fun. Obviously, with the way that the CFL is in the the waggle and the forward motion right before the snap, uh, it sounds like you got you were you got uh, pretty well acquainted with with the game quite quickly. I mean, or, or was there something with the game? Obviously, besides the, the the nets and the walls, but I mean, was there anything else that you really had to get used to in that first year for the of the game? Well. Okay, this was this was my problem coming from college, going to the CFL on that big field. Yeah, you know, I had to, I had to get some more arm strength. I really wasn't a, a really good deep ball thrower, and you know, and I had to learn to throw that wide field out mm-hmm. on the, in the CFL, and then coming back to the arena league, you know, putting us putting me in that little hockey arena with some turf on it. I was smoking guys. I was throwing the ball way too hard, okay. and so I had to uh, I had to tone it down a lot. Um, but I had some guys who who had been playing arena ball for a couple of years, and so they helped me get acclimated to the game by staying out to practice and working with me. That's good. Now, obviously, you played with uh, you know quite a few names that you had on your receiving core. Uh, just a quick couple of them. Uh, one being Alvin Ashley, uh, you know, a very big name. Uh, in the AFL, and obviously a gentleman who went on to become you know one of the most winningest winningest head coaches in the in the league itself, and in indoor football, and Kevin Guy. Um, what what was it like being on an expansion club? I don't know if you'd ever been. Well, Memphis, I guess Memphis itself. But uh, what was it like being a, a quarterback on a on a basically a team that was you know a brand new team? I mean, were there struggles besides ownership aside? Were there struggles itself, or, or did you, you and the guys gel pretty good uh, right away? No, we did. We the, the guys we did gel pretty good right off the right off the bat. Um, I think a lot of guys, like I said, um, me being one of the older guys, kind of looks up to me, and uh, and I'm kind of a uh, jokester, prankster type of guy on and off the field. So um, no, we gel together. We uh, took us some time to, uh, you know, jail as a football team because we didn't really know each, each other's skill set. Right. So that took us some time to put that all together. But uh, we made a good run down the stretch of the second half of the season. Um, guys started making some big plays, and, and we really started play, really enjoyed started to enjoy playing the game. Um, 
in uh, the next, well, you, you guys went, as you said, you went four and 10, but sometimes, you know, uh, the team may have been so-so, but as I said, you, you, you had your, your good experience starting off in your career in the mm-hmm. Arena Football League. Uh, in, in 97, I, I see here, did you at one point, had you been signed by the Anaheim Piranhas before you went to New Jersey? You know what? I think I was. I, I have no idea what went on there. I'm getting <laughs> old now. I just turned 54 today. Uh, I was briefly signed by Anaheim. Uh, then uh, I knew Coach Hagee mm-hmm. was on the uh, New Jersey staff, and he, he called me up because we had coached together at Oxford College here in Minneapolis. Uh and told me to get my butt out there. They wanted me to come out and back up Aaron Garcia. So uh, definitely made the right move. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, um, New Jersey is the team that you really stayed in for, for most of your career and where you, I think you probably made the, the biggest name for yourself. Um, you know, we're coming upon the time here where, uh, you know, officially that free agency is about to become a thing um, for the first time in the AFL. Um, what, what was your first reaction to, uh, to New Jersey and the, the overall play of the, of the team? I'll tell you what, I think, uh, coach Huffnagel, mm-hmm. uh, the, the job that he did out there with, uh, with that football team was just incredible. I mean, we had some, some serious talent on that team. Right. Um, I remember they had a stand in our training camp. We had to stay in a, a cell block, like an old jail cell block in, <laughs> in New <Okay>. Jersey. <laughs> well, let me tell you, that brought that team together because we was we were spent thin, and you know everybody knew when somebody left, everybody knew when somebody came in, and it actually did. We we started to look out for each other, and uh, uh, we brought that team really close together. We had some guys with some sketchy backgrounds, mm-hmm. but there was heck of, uh, heck of football players. And Coach Huffman did a great job of keeping everybody on the straight and narrow and helping us focus on the on the goal of winning. And he did, a, he did an excellent job with that football team. So you brought up, you have to tell me, any particular pranks that were play, that you guys played on each other considering that you, you were at a jail? <laughs> you know that was you know what i think uh not any really specific prank i think that uh um the one thing we that, that huff neighbor did do he actually was a pretty good athlete himself mm-hmm. being a quarterback at penn state he he would always play pickup basketball with us at the practice oh uh yep five on five uh that was part of our extra conditioning um, like I said, we had a bunch of athletes on that team. Alvin Ashley being one of them that mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier. Uh, he was a heck of a basketball player also. But, no, it was just the fact that I had a little maximum with, with a boom, little boom box in the back. And uh, in the early evenings, we would go out there when the sun was going down and open up the car doors and have the music blasting and drinking some beers and some gin and juice and, you know, and guys just having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how is the, how is the experience different from this? Ex- I mean, this is your second straight expansion club. Actually, technically third, if you count the CFL, but 
how was the how was it this time around being an expansion club versus 96 in minnesota uh, i just think ownership i think the like i said the ownership in minnesota you know we didn't uh know what was going to actually happen to our football team mm-hmm. uh i just think that the you know the ownership and and the, the stable head coach and coach huff maybe he was well well respected by all the players um I think that was the biggest difference. And, you know, everybody had one goal in mind. Everybody wanted to win. Yeah. And uh, each player had each player's back. And, I mean, arena football at that point, they had some serious talent in the league. Mm-hmm. So we was, it was competitive week in and week out. Um, did anybody happen to, to give you any ribbing or, or, or say anything, considering that you, you're a guy who, who at, the, at the time had been a, a CFL lifer, you come to the you come to the Arena Football League, and in your second year in the league, your head coach is a guy who came from the CFL. He's obviously he's very well known now. Known he's he's, he's a legend in the CFL. John Huffnagel is, but yeah, you get any ribbing and saying, "Hey, wait a minute, Ricky, you're, you're not you're not happen to be coach. You're not coach's favorite, are you?" <laughs> no, if that was the case, I would have been starting in front of Garcia Aaron. So uh, no, I. Uh, I knew I knew Coach Huffnagel Huff was, you know, from being in the CFL. Yeah. But no, he didn't. He didn't play in the favorites. He played the best guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Aaron Garcia was definitely at that point was the best guy. So, um, nope. He, I, the CFL ties did not connect. Okay. Now I think I think what was was pretty funny is that you know you're you're back in the league itself and 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 you actually happen to end up back in Canada technically because. Uh, at a game that I actually attended, Ricky, I was actually at that game when you guys played uh, the Florida Bobcast, uh, Bobcats at the uh, I think, well, what was it called back then? I think it was called the uh, the Corral Center back then when you guys yeah. pl- when you guys played in Ottawa. Um, did you find it was just just a tad funny that you spent all those years in the CFL and then you happen to come up for a, for, an, for a, a real game that counted in the standings and you happen to be back in Ottawa? It was, it was, uh, it was fun because I, I like my, my rookie year in the CFL, uh, the great cup was in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you no, know, so that was, that was a fun feeling to be able to go back and, uh, be a part of that experience. And, and that was just, just little things like that. That's just things that you can always remember for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, you play your team that year. You're nine and five. Uh, you lost out uh, only by eight points to Orlando in the first round of the playoffs. Um, being this was your very first winning season in the in the uh, in the Arena Football League. I mean, did you feel you had a, you felt you had a, a pretty good season in '97? Oh yeah, uh, we uh, had a really good season. I mean, uh, you know, like Alvin Ashley had a guy named Larry Ray Willis. Mm-hmm. Um, Plan receiver also, and uh, we just ran into a heck of a heck of Orlando Predators team. You know, uh, we had to play them down there in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, we gave them all we, all we had, and they were just a better team. So, no, definitely a successful season. Um, you know, I remember we had to go up and play Eddie Brown when he was up in Albany with mm-hmm. the Firebirds. Yep. Uh, you know, that was some. We had some nice battles with him. So. No, it was it was great. There's no question. I, and, I, and I think I, I'll agree with you. Considering, I think that your natural rival 
um, would would have been at that time the the Albany Firebirds because I remember some of the games that you two your two teams played they were just barn burners and what if you wanted to see an arena football league game that those are the type of games that you wanted to see. Yeah, no question. I mean, uh, we had a couple guys they couldn't stop and they had one guy nobody could stop. So it was <laughs> it was it was it was quite the battle. Yeah. Um, now I don't know. I wasn't able to find this. Did you actually come back to Canada again in the off season in '97? Because the the Red Dogs took part in in another uh, exhibition game in December in Calgary. Were you a part of that roster back then? No, I didn't. I didn't go there because I went back. I don't know if it was '97 because I went back and played in the CFL. You did correct. Yes, that's right. You're with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. With- with the Tiger Cats, I forget what year that was. Yeah, that was but, uh, Yeah, I didn't. I was. I didn't make that trip. Yeah, so I had went back foolishly to play. Uh, I think I almost got a half a season in with the Tiger Cats, mm-hmm. and uh, that was probably one of the dumbest decisions I ever made because uh, my body just took a beating that year. Okay. Uh, as you said, yeah, you know, and, and it was funny. There were many players like yourself who who made the the switch back and forth between playing arena and playing uh, the CFL, or, or you know, at the same time within the same year. You know, Robert Gordon, I'm sure as you know, Robert Gordon oh, yeah. ended up playing around 30 straight games between the CFL <laughs> and the yep. and the AFL. So it's saying, well, you, our Cal Trueluck, did the exact same thing in Detroit. Um, yeah. So it's, I can only imagine what it's like, you know, wide receiver versus quarterback. I can imagine you guys get a hit a, a heck of a lot more. So, um, I can only yeah. imagine, I can only imagine how you felt at the end of 97. Broken. <laughs> In one word, broken. <laughs> um, when you returned back in, uh, in, in 98 for the, for the dogs, um, you know, the first year you you had a, you had a, just an absolutely amazing year that first year. Um, you did, and it, same thing with the, with the second year. I mean, what was it like? Because you know, I'm sure people want to know. I mean, you know, a future Hall of Famer, I'm sure, and Aaron Garcia, considering all the records that he owns. But what was mm-hmm. it like? You know, playing with uh, Aaron Garcia. Oh, uh, he was probably one of the nicest guys uh, I've I've been around in my whole football career. Mm-hmm. I mean. Super competitive. There's no question about that. Um, worked hard on and off the football field. I mean, and he was just a, just a baller. I mean, I, I mean, I'm serious. I ever see AG take some shots and be like, "Yeah, holy cow!" <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go start warming up, but he he hung in there and. He was. They used to call me a gunslinger. I used to call him gunslinger too. So, uh, no, super competitive guy. Um, could throw the football like no other. Can make every throw in arena league. And so, no, he was. He was fun to be around. And uh, you know, I never wanted to settle to be a backup in any league. But uh, I didn't mind stand, sitting behind Aaron because he was fun to watch. Yeah. In '86, you guys went. Uh, sorry, in '98, you went eight and six. Uh, you're able to to uh, you know your natural rival at the time, Albany. You're able, and I think Albany was one of the higher seeded teams. So uh, you you were able to to shock the AFL and knock them off in the first round of the playoffs in Albany. Mm-hmm. You go and you play Tampa yeah. Bay. 
um, and up against the uh, the Tim Markham's uh, you know Tampa Bay Storm. You did lose that game, you know, to, to move on to the uh, within the playoffs itself, but you got farther than you did the year before. Was that uh, how was it going? You know, you you have your your characters of coaches in the CFL, and you obviously you had your character of coaches in the Arena League. What was your impression of Coach Markham? I didn't really like him that much because you couldn't beat him. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, he, he was a heck of a coach. I mean, like you said, another arena football league Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he's just a flat-out coach. I mean, the, the, and, and the talent that he had because, you know, football is not about X's and O's. Right. You know, yeah, you got to have some talent and and. You know, he got a ton of talent from the state of Florida, and he, he knew how to put him in the right position. And, I mean, he just had some guys that could, could win. And mm-hmm. I, can't, I, I can't remember the defensive back name, but I think he went on to the NFL that we played against that year. Okay. And, I mean, he had a guy, we just, he, we just couldn't shake him. We couldn't get away from him. And, uh, you know, if, if we would have won that game, we probably lost half our team for that next week. So they oh, put a whooping on us pretty good. Oh, yeah, they was, they was physical. They was physical. And also, winning in Tampa Bay was not the easiest thing to do either, was it, Ricky? <laughs> oh, no. Not <laughs> at all. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a fun atmosphere to play in. Uh, there's no question. I remember, I remember my kids uh, uh, remember telling me how, how, how much fun they had watching Dad getting his butt whipped on national TV. And... Uh, but it was it was it was a great place to play a playoff game. Mm. Um, ninety nine, you guys. It's not. It's your first. Uh, well, you guys didn't do so well. You were six and eight, but you were you were the man itself. You know, it was your team, the quarterback that year with uh, with Garcia departing. Um, what was your What was your thought on, on this on this ninety nine team? What? How come you guys didn't weren't able to gel as well as you had the past two years? I think uh, with uh, Aaron leave, leaving, you know, mm-hmm. played a part, you know, because he he was a great personality on our team also. Uh, also, you know, just not just being a quarterback, but personalities make a big difference also right. in the mixing of a, of a um, football team. And, you know, we had that also when I was in, Tor- in Toronto. Mm-hmm. After we won the Great Cup in '91, we had that same team in '92, and we we went maybe eight and ten or something like that. We mm-hmm. just couldn't just didn't have our mojo no more. Uh, so it's hard to put a finger on it uh, on just one thing. But like I said, like I said at the beginning, uh, Arena at that time was a really, really good football team with some great football players playing in that league. So it was a dogfight every week. Do you think the, the other reason why you guys hadn't done, you weren't doing so well in 99 was because of the change in head coach, you know, with, uh, with coach Huffnagel, Huffnagel leaving the, the team, uh, you had uh, another new head coach. Um, do you think that played a part in uh, your team going six and eight? Is that, is that the same year? Was that the same year Tommy Maddox came uh, any, not any no. idea. Well, you you were the guy. It was you and Charles Pileri. 
Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. And uh, who was the head coach? Yeah, it was it was Frank. Is that Frank Mattis? <laughs> yeah, that's probably that's probably the reason right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no, nah, I can't blame it all on the coach. <laughs> coaches coach and players play, but no, definitely Huffnagan. Coach Huffnagan leaving uh, played a huge role uh, for sure. Because if you if you go from a guy like that who's been around football his entire career. Uh, and I think Frank was a – Coach Frank was a uh, local guy. Okay. And I, I don't think he had as much arena ball experience. And uh, and so to come in and try to get get a, uh, a hold on a veteran group like we was, um, I don't know, it just didn't – it just didn't mesh. Okay. It just didn't we – didn't, we didn't do our parts as players and – um, just having a diff- different leader kind of just made things a little, a little more different. Okay. <laughs> ah, so glad to get out of that dang time travel machine. Where'd you go? I went back to the 80s to grab some of that good, good sports merch from my favorite defunct franchises. I spent my life savings on that machine. You bought a time travel machine to buy sports merchandise. Yeah, gladly. You know you could have gone to 503 Sports, right? The the website? Uh, yeah, no, I didn't think of that at all. Yeah, they sell all sorts of throwback sports merch from leagues like the World Football League, XFL, UFL, and the Arena Football League, several others. Uh, oh, shoot. Yeah, they sell hats, shirts, even custom jerseys from all sorts of vintage sports teams. Oh, man, I spent, like, a lot of money on that time travel machine. Well, look, listeners of AFL Rewind get 10% off their first order by using the promo code ARENAFAN at checkout. That might help you out. Yeah, it does. Go on over to 503-sports.com and, and get your merch today. Do you know anyone who wants to buy, like, a overpriced time travel machine? No, no, sorry, I, I don't. Now heading into the two, into the 2000 season, there was this uh, sort of a sort of a uh, mm, there was an issue when it came to the league and the players. Um, the league at one point decided that they were going to announce that they were going to be canceling the season because of, uh, as I said, uh, you had free agency that, that that the players wanted, and also there was the, if I'm not mistaken, there was the um, the lawsuit when it came to um, to James Guidry because of him getting hurt. Um, mm-hmm. what, um, and I don't know if you're, if you're a, uh, if you are a, a staunch union guy, I don't know how you were in the CFL, but, um, what, what were your thoughts originally when you heard that the league was going to fold because of dot, dot, dot? You know, I wasn't sure. Uh, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not a political guy. I never have, never will be. Uh, I, I just think I wasn't sure. And, uh, so I was kind of wondering what I was going to do, you know, pretty much with my own football career uh, at that point. So, no, I didn't I didn't stand on either side of the fence on that one. Um, I stay away from that stuff. Did you feel, though, that, I mean, as you said, we know approximately how much you were making at that point. Did Did you feel that? I mean, from what you had heard from players and stuff, that that it was something that actually had to be done. You guys deserved to have what you were asking the league for. Oh yeah, yeah. We heard from a lot of guys now, man. Don't get me wrong. Right. Uh, I think, uh, from what I can remember, I think James Barron was uh, 
making a big push, you know, for the for the players. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, uh, so, um, yeah. So that was it was something that, that definitely needed to be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's no question about that. Now, uh, obviously, the league did come back. They announced less than a month later that the league was going to be playing that year. Um, as a as a football player, because there really has never been a lockout or that type of thing in the CFL uh, when you were there, or as far as I know in its history. Um, yeah. How does it make you feel as a player knowing that one thing, as you said, you're trying to figure out about your football career. Uh, how did you feel knowing that, you know, one thing can really determine your career as, as uh, you know, in football itself, knowing that at any time, you know, if there is a collective bargaining dispute, especially in people might call the arena football league minor league, you know, m- you know, no matter what you're being paid, but yeah. what were your, what, what were your thoughts knowing that that's basically they, they have your career in their hands. Well, I'll tell you this, I was putting in some calls back to the CFL. Okay. <laughs> to see if I could get back up there. So, uh, <laughs> But no, it, it it is. I've I've never, you know, have been, you know, in it, through anything like that previously. Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was something new for me uh, to experience because I was, you know, I was married with uh, four kids and, uh, you know, and had to take care of my family. So, and, and and thankfully it all did work out for the better. Yeah. Uh, that year, you, you split the time uh, at, with your head coach, who was Frank Mattis again, but also a gentleman that you had just finished playing with, I think, for the past three seasons in Kevin Guy. Um, what, uh, I mean, obviously you had your opinions of what Kevin Guy was as a player, but how do you think Kevin made the transition from being player to now he was your interim head coach? Oh, I think he did a great job. Um, I think that was the year Tommy Mattis played. It is. You are correct, sir. Yeah. And so uh, that, that kind of threw everybody for a loop um, at that point because we were like, okay, where in the world did Tommy Maddox come from? <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't he be, shouldn't he be over, over that uh, NFL locker room trying to make their team instead of trying to, you know, be on our team? Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess uh, Coach Frank had – got uh, the call from the GM who it was at the time that Tommy they wanted Tommy to come in and kind of get the rust off so he can get another shot at the NFL right uh, which was you know it was fine I, I it didn't change my paycheck any so I, it bothered me but it didn't bother my bank account so which was a good thing <laughs> <laughs> but it- um no how does it feel being being going from a starter? Because you know many fans may not know how a player feels. I mean, do you feel that, as you said, some may feel slighted, some may feel that it's it's politics, some may feel it's it's a money situation or what? But we know it's not money because that, that's what you just said. But for a player, you're a starter, and then you're, you're you're then you're the backup, and you're the backup by no fault of yours. It's not like you got hurt. How did you feel end up being that you were? It was it because of name recognition and money is why mm-hmm. you ended up being the number two. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, from the I'm kind of a laid back person. Right. Uh, I don't I don't let a whole lot get to me. And we, I mean, everybody knew it was BS. Yeah. You know, but you know, at that point, we still had a job. You know, there was nothing we could do. He was going to start regardless. You know, what I said or what anybody said. You know, so uh, that was that was 
part of the plan that they have put in place. And so you just have to roll with it. So, you, I mean, you're upset because you, as a football player and as an athlete, you know you should be the starter. And like you said, to know fault of my own that um, that I all of a sudden became a backup. But, you know, if, they, if the, the guys at the top have a plan and uh, that's the plan they're going to stick to, then, you know, just wait it out. And so I did, and, and I finally got some playing time at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Now you, you, you only went 4-10 and 10 that season. Uh, you didn't make the playoffs. Um, uh, and obviously now with the new CBA that has been in, introduced into, into the league, free agency is a very big thing now. And players mm-hmm. are moving from team to team and team to team. I mean, I, even at one point in 99, Ricky, you had to, you had the great Barry Wagner traded, <laughs> but then not. So I'll, I'll ask you about that a little bit later if I can. But uh, uh, how did you end up going to, to the Bobcats in 2001? Ching, ching. Ah, <laughs> speaking of free agency. <laughs> yes. yes, indeed. Hey, hey, and who who wouldn't want to be in Fort Lauderdale? Yeah. Florida, you know. And so, no, um, yeah, they they pretty much gave me a really nice contract. Um, and uh, and like I said, uh, Florida's not a bad place to live. Mm-hmm. And so, that, I mean, that was that was pretty much. They also told me, not told me, I, I told them part of my deal right. that I had to have my center, uh, Matthew Steeple. Uh, they had to sign him also in free free agency. So, and they did was willing to do that. So, at that point, it was no brainer uh, um, that we was gonna go down there together. I knew so I had somebody that was gonna watch my back, and uh, and so um, we went for it. No, it, it's good to see. Obviously, you know they, they they signed you for the contract that they did, and then you you have some pull to say, listen, you have to sign this guy. That that must have made yeah. you feel that made that must have made you feel good. It did, and and the thing was is that uh, Matthew Staple was a really good center, and he was for years in the Arena Football League. So, and I like uh, I was trying to pull one over him. I want I wanted somebody that I knew was going to protect me, and uh, and so that was. That was really great for me, and and people got paid pretty well, also. So he still thanks me to the day. Um, you were talking about uh, we we talked about it before, and I also bring it up again. You know, different day, different times now in the AFL. Um, what uh, if you don't mind me asking? What, what what was your your total contract for for that one year? Uh, I got uh, for that one year in Florida. My base was uh, like eighty five with okay. bonuses. Okay. Yeah, so that was a good time for arena football. Yeah, for sure. Now I have to ask you. I mean, your team—you know—you did pretty good that year. I mean, you—I mean, you were six and eight in two thousand one. But I have to ask you, as a player, not only not not necessarily about Coach Dave Ewart, because we know we know what he's become in in indoor football and arena football. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to ask you about this arena that you had to play in because I recently saw—I think I saw a game on YouTube with you starting a quarterback at home. At this arena, and this arena was—it's—it's um, it's really was it really tough to call it an arena? <laughs> no, the, the the arena was the arena was nice. Yeah, you know because they they played their hockey there. Um, oh yes, we, yes. We just yeah, we just couldn't get anybody to come. So like say today, because of the virus, that would be a great place to play arena football because <laughs> we probably had we probably had twenty people in the stands. 
and that was a, that was probably the only thing about uh, having football in Florida mm-hmm. is that nobody wants to be inside in the in the spring and summertime. Uh, but no, it was it was fun. Uh, Coach Hewitt was a really good guy. Um, uh, I bonded with him really well. Um, I don't want to say anything bad about Ben Bennett, but we just didn't get along. Yeah, and uh, so he kind of. And, you know, Ben was an offensive coordinator, and he wanted to do something. I wanted it to not have it my way. I thought we had some big receivers, uh, and I thought we should have could have used them differently, and Ben had a different philosophy, and it, it just didn't work well for us at the beginning of the season. And uh, Coach Dave finally got rid of him towards the end, towards the middle of the season. Okay. Do you find that tough as a quarterback? I mean, you said, obviously, sometimes, you know, players and coaches are going to clash. Um, mm-hmm. Is this really the first time that you've had that much, I guess we would say, a problem with how a coach of yours is, is calling plays? Because you had been the OC before, you'd, or rather you'd been calling your plays before, and then now you have somebody who's in charge of them. Mm-hmm. Is, is it? Is, is it, is and, it I, and I didn't have a problem with that. You know, uh, and I just think that he demanded that he have it his way. I think most coaches, if you're, um, most coaches are player friendly. Right. You know, if if you got a guy who's a veteran and who's been around a lot of football, you at least be willing to listen. You would think, you would think. Yeah. And um, he just wasn't. So uh, I just didn't find that ideal. It wasn't fun. Um. Yeah. Off to your your next team in the Arena Football League, and you, you actually play, ended up playing with two clubs. Um. I was looking for it here. You played with Toronto first, and then Detroit, or was it the opposite way around? Uh, opposite way around. Okay. So so you played with no. the, uh, Toronto first. No, Detroit. First. Oh, sorry, Detroit first. Detroit first. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah. So playing me, for the let me tell you the, about Detroit. Yes, please. <laughs> worst worst football experience. I've ever had. Really? Was uh, Coach Davis, what's the head coach? Uh, it was... Mouse y- Davis? Yeah, it was Mouse Davis, yeah. Now, you're talking about a guy who had his favorite. Now, I'm not talking about the player. Right. I'm just talking about the coach. Okay. This guy was weird. And so, I've been around a lot of coaches. And my, because I've been around football for a long time. You know, even up to that point. And I don't know. I just I just don't think he – I don't know if he didn't like my personality, which uh, I find it hard to believe that anybody couldn't like my personality. Um, he, he just had a couple guys that if they said something, and they just got their way. Okay. You know, he had, he, had, he had defensive pass rushers. And, you know, they had to play offense too. Right. And so I am not kidding. I thought I was being sabotaged. I thought they, those guys, they blocked so bad on offense just so they can get back and play defense to see if they can get some sacks. That, that was my worst football experience in my total of 18 years of professional football. I, I guess we I could say. The, the plus was you were there for the, you were, I mean, I'm double checking this now as we're, as we're talking, but, um, 
at uh, at least you were there and you were the quarterback for their only win that year. And he gave me a, he gave me a decent signing bonus, so I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that that team was just uh, uh, some of the players I was really cool with because uh, Robert Gordon was on that team. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, uh, yep, true luck. True Luck was on that team. Yep, Arkell. Yep, that's correct. Yep. Yep, Arkell was on there. Kevin Kenny was mm-hmm. on there. Um, I was really cool with Kevin. We was uh, we uh, was real next to each other in the apartment, so we I got to know him really well. So uh, yeah, but Coach Davis was weird, man. That's that's a way to bring up a bad memory. Sorry. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess that's the end of this interview. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, what at what point was it that you asked for your release to be traded, or did you just ask for a trade? How did you end up in Toronto? And obviously, it was a whole different situation in Toronto. Yeah, I just I couldn't. I just it wasn't. It just wasn't fun. You know, you if you're at a job and you and you go in there and, and you go on to work and you're like, what in the world am I doing here? So yeah, it got to the point where it just wasn't fun for me, and uh, I went in and uh, asked Coach Davis to get me out of there, and and rightfully so he did. So that was that was uh, really good for me because I I just couldn't take it. It just wasn't a good atmosphere for me. Mm-hmm. Now, so you're saying switching from Coach Davis to Coach Stout? I mean. I've heard you know different things about Coach that I've seen. He's coached for quite a few years in in indoor football. Uh, how would you? I mean, was it a night and day situation between uh, Coach Davis and Coach Stout? It was. Um, I think Coach Stout was more of a detail guy mm-hmm. um, because I remember when I first got there, uh, I think we went down, played Orlando or Tampa. And um, I had, oh, I was charting plays. And I thought I put the chart back in the, in, the, in the football bag. And when we got back to Toronto, he said, I can't find the chart sheet. Right. I'm like, look in the football bag. It's like, we're not in the football bag. And he goes, it's your responsibility. I go, my responsibility to keep the chart sheet from Tampa to bring it back to Toronto? And I mean, he was really ticked off. I'm like, okay, we just lost by 20 some points, and you worried about the chart sheet. So, I mean, it was it was a, a better environment for sure. You know, I was back in Toronto where I had a lot of friends um, that I could hang out with when I went back. Yep. Um, but um, I just think I had been spoiled by a lot of coaches who actually were guys that know, you know, knew the X's and the O's, but the the most important thing was they knew how to how to treat players and they knew how to get guys uh, to play for them and play hard for them and run through that brick wall for them, you know, like Huffnagel and like a like a Adam Reader. Yep. And um, what was the coach in Edmonton? Oh, Coach Lancaster. Yeah, Coach Lancaster. Yeah, I mean, you know, that guy played for 25 years. Mm-hmm. And so you think he, you know, he knows football. So, you know, I think I had been spoiled. And then, you know, and then to, to run up into uh, some coaches of other co- different type of coaching styles, it just didn't sit well for me. You know, it might have worked for them, but, you know, for me, it just didn't work for me. So, you know, so you just 
choose to part ways. How was the how was the ownership under uh, under Rob Godfrey in Toronto? Obviously, you you've, you've been. I mean, people knew you in Toronto because of your your CFL history. But uh, yeah. how how was uh, Rob Godfrey and, and their ownership group for the Phantoms? I think they was fine. I, I mean, I, I don't think I was there that long. Uh, but um, I think it was good. I, I don't think uh, I think they treated the players well. Uh, I think the coaches got treated well. Uh, so nothing, nothing to complain about there. I was, I was treated well when I went back. Yeah. And, and you had some, some great, good guys, whether you were on the bench or whether you're, you're playing, uh, you know, playing under center. I mean, uh, you, you can, you can now say, I mean, uh, look at Damien Harrell, look what he did in his career. Charlie Davidson, a lifer, Ty Law, you know, Khalil Carter, Jermaine Younger. You had, you know, some name guys that, you know, Kelvin Ingram, mm-hmm. some guys that became na- huge names in the Arena Football League. You're able to say that you were to play along with, oh, can't forget Pat O'Hare either. So, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Pat was a really good guy. I uh, I had fun, fun playing with Pat. Uh, really good quarterback. Really solid guy. He was, Pat was really nice to hang, to hang around. So, and that's what I say about, about sports, you know, it's, yeah, it's competitive. Again, professional sports is yeah, you you know, you get paid to to, to do your job. Uh, but I mean I don't think you can put a price on uh the type of people that you meet, uh the type of different types of coaching styles, uh, that you you get toolish under. Um, you know, all those things, you know, I, I stay in contact with a lot of my teammates and, uh, and, and some of my coaches. And so, I mean, you, that's priceless. You can't put a price on that. Yeah. And, and so that's the, that's the most probably the things that I remember um, about playing professional sports, playing arena ball and playing in Canadian league is, you know, I've, I've, I've found guys that if I hadn't played, but I would never know. Yep. You know, I got some guys that are my best friends still to this day. If if I hadn't played football, you know, I would have never ran into those guys. So that's what I'm grateful for. Yeah. Now, earlier in the interview, you said how your body was when you in '97 when you went from New Jersey to uh, to Hamilton. This time around, you you ended up going from Toronto to the BC Lions. Was it a different situation for your body at that point? Yeah, it was. Um, because when I, I had when I played arena, I was actually playing a lot. And then when I went to Toronto, they told me I was going to be the. I mean, when I went to Hamilton, they told me I was going to be the backup. Right. But I ended up playing a lot. Right. So uh, no, it, it was a different different scenario. Uh, Hamilton wasn't that good at the time. I think we might have won one game. Um, and then I uh, went to BC, which was. Which was fun too, but my, yeah, I was, I was, my body was in much better shape that, that second time around. Okay. Um, and I, at least I have to ask because you did come back for one more year to play with the Carolina Cobras in '04. What, uh, if you don't mind me asking, what did you do in '03? What, why did you stay away from football in '03? Oh, they told me I was too old. They told me, I, um, I'm like I'm too old. I'm like man, I can still play, and so I couldn't. I couldn't catch on. I couldn't find a team, uh, and so uh, I just took the year off. Did some substitute teaching, mm-hmm. and uh, but no. I and then in '03, 
Oh four, brother. I just wanted to give it one more shot to see if I still had it. And uh get the, and guess who I was sitting behind in in oh four? Matt Nagy. That's right. <laughs> And it's interesting in 04, too, at least I have to ask you this question, because it's very rare that any player or anybody in football sees a turnover at head coach like you did in 2004. (laughs) John Gregory, Eddie Kynett, Ron Seleski, all very well-known names in the Arena Football League. (laughs) What was it like being a member of that 04 Cobra squad Going through three head coaches. <laughs> it was a circus. That's what, that's what it was. Uh, no, it, it was. I mean, um, Coach Gregory, I knew him from the CFL also. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, really good guy. Knew a lot of football. Uh, he's, you know, another, you know, well-known name in, in arena football also. Um but he he just he just wanted Matt Nagy to be the quarterback for some reason. Maybe he knew, maybe he knew uh, in Matt's future he was going to become an NFL head coach and maybe get some tickets out of him or something. But he uh, he and then it just seemed like Matt didn't really have a big interest in being a starting quarterback. So we were like, well, let me play. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it didn't it, it didn't work out that way. And then yeah, like you said. Uh, Coach Gregory was gone, and then I think Ron, Coach Coach Celeste might have finished up maybe yes. the last three or four games, maybe. Uh, Coach Celeste finished up on the last six. Last six games. Last six games. Uh, no, it was uh, yeah that play. It was a circus for sure because I my um I I was divorced at that time, but my kids were living in Charlotte, so it was. It was good for me uh, to be down there for that spring and summer. Um, but I, I think we had the best time when Coach Celeste took over. He kind of let the players be themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, no, we had, we had we ended up having a good time, having a good um, um, players was was fun. We had some guys from New Jersey, um, Ron Perry, Chris yep. Pope. Uh, those guys was on that team. They was on that same New Jersey. Uh, Red Dog team too that that I was on, so um, we end up having fun and making the best of it. And obviously, you know, I, 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 you keep you have so many different uh, ties to a lot of players. You know, then obviously there is um, uh, there's Rob Baronas. Yep, the kicker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you you know we had uh, well you know uh, in New Jersey. Uh, we had George LaFrance that's come through. Tr- that's true. Yeah, and I'm still really good buddies with George now. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it's amazing, uh, of, you know, from where Arena Lee started. That 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 big has some serious talent, man. I mm-hmm. mean, who could stop Eddie Brown? Nobody. Nobody. I mean, even... even um, you said his name from uh, Orlando. Oh, Barry Wagner. Nobody could stop Wagner. I mean, it was it was such a competitive league. It was it was amazing when you and like I said, when you look back on the on the guys who played. I mean, 
James Barron mm-hmm. is, I mean, that guy's a stud. Yep. And and like I said, my center, who was Matthew Steeple, Steeple was probably 6'6", six, six, probably 325. And just, I mean, huge. I ain't talking about fat. I'm talking about huge. Right. His four, forearms is probably bigger than my thighs. And I seen James Barron pick him up. Wow. So I knew at I knew at that point we was gonna have a long night. <laughs> <laughs> um, after '04, um, you know, you uh, what made you switch and, and switch? Uh, what gave you the opportunity to go to coach in the AF two? Uh, I was I was done playing, uh, but you know, as because I've been in, in football for so long, you know, I I, I still want to be around it. Right. Uh, so, and, you know, arena, arena football, AFL two gave me a good opportunity to, uh, to get into coaching. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't know I was going to end up in Amarillo, Texas, <laughs> but, uh, no, it was, it was fun. I mean, we had, we had a blast. Uh, uh, Amarillo was a, uh, small, small city, but we had some, uh, some kids who have been playing like a local indoor league. So, uh, they kind of knew, uh, the ins and outs of arena, arena two football. And, you know, I really bonded well with my, my quarterback that I had down there, a kid named Julian Reese, uh, Ashley, he's like a son to me still to the day. And so, no, it, it was fun. I'm glad I made the decision to, uh, to, uh, to get into coaching Arena 2 football down here. Uh, out of the three cities in the AF2 that you coached in, um, Ricky, which which did you like the best? Was it Amarillo, Everett, or Macon? Oh, see, there you go. You had, you had to bang up another... <laughs> another bad... Uh, in my football career, ever watched? I'll never. I do not ever want to hear Sam. What was the Sam last name? The owner. Oh, um, he was a former football player. Tip my tongue. I know. I know what yeah. it is. But but continue. I'll I'll look it up as we're still talking. But but continue. This guy was so hands on. So so ever's not my favorite city let me just make that clear right um he was so hands-on with football players and personnel moves i went home on my bye week and when i came back i brought well let me start over i brought probably about eight or nine of my players from amarillo i brought them up there with me uh to everett and he probably had uh, 10 to 12 of his players that he had been playing in an indoor football league up there he, that he put on the team also. And so, uh, yeah, so when I went home for the bye week, when I come back, he's cut seven of my football players. Oh, They're, okay. Yeah, he sent them home. Sam Adams, by the way. Sam Adams. Sam Adams. That's the worst owner in any league history. <laughs> he's bad. Oh, he's so bad. Uh, but, no, I think it was a tie between 
Macon and and Amarillo. Okay. Uh, I like Macon because I'm from the South. I'm from South Carolina originally. Uh, so it reminded me of home and a lot of soul food, really nice people. And, uh, you know, and got the opportunity to coach with uh, Coach Stingley, Derek uh-huh. Stingley. Yep. You know, his son is pretty good in, at LSU right now. So, uh, no, it was fun. Uh, and, and we had some players uh, on, on both of those teams. Uh, and then again, like I, like when I was in making, uh, we probably had four or five of my kids that I had coached in Amarillo. Mm-hmm. Um, they would follow me around the country. They were like, coach, wherever you go, we'll go. And so, uh, we, I brought them over there with me and, uh, and we had some fun. I have to at least ask you, you know, as I said, I know it's a, it's the second bad memory happened. I brought up not, you know, not, not on purpose, but for, for Everett, what's it like to be a head coach and get fired after you win a game? It was wonderful. (laughs) 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 I'm telling you, it was wonderful. Uh, I mean, if, if you can, if anybody could create a bad atmosphere for a head coach, Sam Adams was the best at it. I mean, yeah, I mean, seriously, I I would be in my office, uh, probably doing my practice plan. He'll come in and go, coach, let's take a ride. Well, I already knew what that meant. He was ready to cut somebody. Uh. And so, I mean, he he would sit in while I'm breaking down film with the other coaches. He sit in a meeting and make com- comments. I'm like, why don't you just coach the team then? <laughs> oh, he was bad. That was the worst decision for for me to make because, you know, I I see me as a black coach. Mm-hmm. I seen him as a black owner. I'm like, okay, I go, you know, I go work for this dude. It should, it's got to be a good environment. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Never again. That was so bad. Had you had you seen had you seen owners in your playing career that did the exact same thing, or was was this really the first time no. where you saw an owner that was just like, "Stay away, dude." This is the first and the last time I've ever seen one. <laughs> like most, like seriously, like most owners, they ain't got time to sit in no football meeting. You know, they out trying to you know make money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this dude, he was like, this guy was sitting on our meeting and was like. Why do you do this? Why do you do that? I'm like, why do you do this? I'm like, why are you in here? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was hands on and he played favoritism with his, with his, you know, with the guys on his team. Right. You know, and discredit the guys that I brought. That was, yeah, that was bad. It just didn't make sense. It's like, okay, if you got a guy who actually knows how to coach, wouldn't you just let him coach? Yeah, exactly. That's what you, that, supposedly that's what you were hired for, Right. Right. No, he was the total opposite. I'm like, when I got fired, I could, I almost ran to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> who, um, who, who, uh, in your final year as a coach in the, in the arena, in arena football, you ended up being the OC over with the Kansas city brigade. Who, uh, who convinced you to come to Kansas city? Um, actually Otis Moore, who, uh, who was uh, on our Carolina Cobra team? Uh, Otis was the defensive line coach. Okay. And then, uh, 
Coach KP. That's KP name, the head coach. Oh, um, Kevin. Uh, I should I should know it here. Kevin Porter. I, Kevin Porter, yeah, Coach Porter. Uh, being another black guy as a head coach, you know, and he had a uh, and his defense coordinator also was a black guy. So I'm figuring, okay, this is let's go do the brother thing mm-hmm. and coach with these guys and. Uh, Okay, I think you have to know that stand arena football, right? So, yeah. nope, nobody in arena football coaches from seven o'clock in the morning to six o'clock in the evening. Nobody, nobody does because there's nothing you can prepare that long. Right, right. Except for us, we start in the, We had to be at the office at seven. Do our game plan. We go to practice at nine, be done by eleven, come back, uh, break down the practice field, prepare the game plan for I mean practice plan for tomorrow. So by one, I'm done. I'm I'm all thank got nothing else to do. Yeah. But you can't leave. It's like we was on the clock. And so I eventually said, So coach, I like to play golf, man. Once I'm <laughs> Once I'm done, I'm leaving. So, yeah, so I, I eventually left, and he was okay with that. I thought he was, but I guess it really bothered him that I wasn't there. Right. So at, at the end of the season, he goes, you know, I think you did a great job as as offense coordinator. And he says, you know, the owners, if they want you to come and chit-chat, uh, like an end-of-the-year meeting, and then uh, we'll see where we go from there. So I like went in and sat down and talked with the owners. It's like a well, it was an interview. I'm like, what is this all about? Yeah. And so, uh, and and his coaching style was, you know, like I said, his he was a little different. Also, um, he wanted to meddle in every, every, everything. He didn't he didn't just want to sit back and let the let coaches coach and I was glad to get out of there too. Yeah. So um, after, go ahead. Go ahead, Rick. I'm sorry. I was about to say, so after that, I went to, uh, came back to Minnesota and got me a high school coaching football job. Okay. Had you been contacted at all? Because obviously, as everybody knows, at the you know, late 2008, the league folded for the second time. Mm-hmm. Um. Had you been contacted by any team prior to joining them in, you know, before the league folded to join them in 2009? No, I was done. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was time to, to get away from arena football. I had, I had my fair share. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I just wanted to come back and be more of a, uh, um, have an influence on, on our teenage kids. Right. And so uh, that's why I decided to come back to uh, um, get into high school coaching. Okay. Um, when it comes to your Arena Football League career, Ricky, um, when you think about your time, who's the one person, coach, player, executive, whatever, that you will remember the most that really made the biggest impact on you? Man, it's hard to say just one one person 
like I said, I mean, I, I, when, it's, when it's arena, I think just Coach Huffnagel. Okay. Um, I just think his his his, his the, the way he paid attention to the little details. Um, I just think his play calling ability was spectacular. Mm-hmm. You know, um, his his ability to get players from different walks of life. You know, different nationalities, different colors to all just bond you know and yeah. play and play well uh, you know I mean I, I love Matthew Steeple and Alvin Ashley Ron Perry and Chris Pope I love all those guys like brothers mm-hmm. uh, Larry Willis you know uh, we all still stay in contact uh, so to, to pick just one person is, is very difficult but I just think from me transitioning from a player to a coach, mm-hmm. I think I think it's definitely uh, Coach Huffnagel had the biggest uh, impression on me um, to allow me to have some success in coaching. Also, um, I took a lot from him. That guy had uh, incredible offensive mind, uh, but he still let the players go out and do their thing, right. you know, and so. Yeah, I think Coach Huffnagel had the biggest impression um, coming out of Arena Football League. The guy was, you know, I have high praise and respect for Coach Huffnagel. Did an unbelievable job for us as players. You know, he let us be who we are. Um, but we knew not, <laughs> we knew not to step out of line with him. Um, <laughs> you know, that's just that's just the kind of respect that you you would want. Yeah. You know, from a head coach and to be a player, if it's, you know, if you cross that line, you know your butt was in trouble. So, yeah. uh, and that was that was really that was really fun, and I really appreciate um, uh, what he did for us as players. Uh, I know there were so many different cities that you played in as a quarterback. Um, what what was your favorite city to go to, unless it was at home, or or where? And what was your worst city to go to? Um, I think Anaheim was really boring. Um, that was probably one of my, I wouldn't say like the worst city it was just nothing to do. Right. Uh, so good, good thing you didn't play quarterback for them then. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. I've been bored out of my mind. Um, uh, the best cities, is, uh, I think no brainers or it gotta be Arizona. Is mm-hmm. one. Uh, Phoenix. Yeah. Phoenix. For sure, uh, you know you can't you can't beat Orlando and Tampa. Yeah, uh, those those cities was great. But uh, just a year when I when I played for the Bobcats, um, you know we was only thirty minutes from Miami. Okay. So can't beat that. I mean that was that was some night, or should I say morning, <laughs> when we left the nightclub and we had to go right to practice. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, and I probably played play a little, little, little part in us not being so successful on the field, also. Mm-hmm. But uh, you can get in trouble at that place. But it, I think that was the best city uh, mm-hmm. for a lot of deal. It's one of the funner cities, yeah. uh, for sure. Um, but just uh, and and the best teams for me was. Um, definitely New Jersey. You know, we we bonded really well there as football players. And we kind of grew up, you know, uh, with each other. 
and help each other out a lot uh, because we stayed in some not the best communities. So we had to stick together. So as as you and I are speaking tonight, um, you know, the Arena Football League did go into bankruptcy, uh, and it is very possible that the Arena Football League will never return again. Um. If you were, if somebody to were recognize you in in the streets, say maybe five, you know, say in five years, and ask you about the Arena Football League, what would you tell them? I would tell them if you if you wasn't around in uh, the nineties and two thousands. And besides the NFL, of course, I think arena football was the next best thing to the NFL. Uh, because like I, like I said from the beginning, like I say now, there was some serious talent in that football, in that football league. Um, coaches, coaches, there was some serious coaches, there was some serious players. It was very competitive. Um, I mean, you go to this game, it's, it's, it's packed. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm, I'll say you really missed out. I mean, it was, a, it was a great league. It gave players who didn't get the opportunity to play in the NFL or get to play in the CFL. It gave them another avenue for these players to go play and actually get paid. And so uh, I, I, think that's why, I think that's why we play so hard is, you know, nobody – Everybody who was playing at that time really loved playing arena football. Yeah. You know, we really did. You know, we, we looked up to each other. We uh, we looked out for each other. And, you know, we went went to other cities to play. You know, players hung out with each other after the game. And, and we just felt that it was a special league, you know, at that time. And they had some special players. Yeah. And so everybody, we really enjoyed each other. Well, I, I always say I always enjoy hearing about the side of the their you know the play the player side of history to hear their stories about you know when they were in the league and stuff like that. And I always say that whether you're a coach, a fan, a player, an executive, everybody is a part of the of what I call the arena football family. And mm-hmm. Ricky, I really appreciate your time. We loved hearing uh, hearing your stories about your time in the AFL. And, uh, uh, again, I, I really appreciated your time. I appreciate it also. And, uh, thanks for having me on. Now I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight because of those two bad memories. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how about this, Ricky? We'll, we'll, we'll both lift one tonight. We'll, we'll salute each other and hopefully you'll be able to uh, be able to get to sleep later on. Uh, all right. Sounds good. And I appreciate you guys having me on. We want to thank Ricky for joining us for this episode of AFL Rewind. It was interesting to hear him explain how he was able to make the transition and how he was actually brought into the AFL where he was able to finish his career. If you happen to miss any of the previous episodes of this podcast, there are many places where you can find them and get caught up. You can head over to SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or our audio version over on YouTube. 
And if you have any comments, questions, concerns, or suggestions when it comes to players that you'd like to hear in the future, you can email us at aflrewind at arenafootball.com. For everybody here at AFL Rewind, for everybody here at AFL Rewind, I'm Tim Capper. Watch the rebound off the net. <laughs>